everyone, welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I am Lena Ebujemra, your host, and excited to have you back with us for another episode in this special edition of the Hope podcast. Uh, uh, we have done all sorts of things on this podcast. I hope that you have listened to us before, and if it's your first time here, welcome. You can access all of the previous episodes on iTunes, or uh, you can download our app and uh, get a look of all the things we've done. We've had interviews with some pretty awesome people, and we've covered all sorts of topics. Uh, but it was time to do something on leadership, and so we're spending the next few weeks talking about leadership specifically, how to lead like Jesus. And if you are a Christian, then um, you understand that there is no greater goal than to become the type of leader that Jesus was, literally the greatest leader of all times. And uh, today we're going to look at leaders as disciples as we make our way over there to Philippians chapter 2. Let me remind you that you can subscribe regularly to this podcast. Feel free to leave an awesome review on iTunes. Let people know about the podcast. Share it with your friends. And uh, for a ton of other resources, download our app, the Living With Power app, or go to our website, livingwithpower.org. Honestly, you could spend a month on that website and find out all sorts of fun stuff. Um, Anyway, we are going to get into leaders as disciples. Uh, So if you're a leader, I've got news for you. You're a disciple first. And uh, I wanted to fix our attention on some verses from Philippians chapter 2. And I'll start reading in uh, verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. I'll pause for a minute. Uh, I started, I mean, the heart of this is do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but humility count others more significant than yourselves. Uh, That verse, you might say, well, what does it have to do with Jesus? This is Paul writing, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he's writing it to uh, us uh, Christians. Uh, But really, the connection is immediate in verse 5. Have this mind. What kind of mind? Well, the mind we've been talking about that he's advocating that we be. Have this mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And now he goes on and tells you what Jesus did. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but here it is, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And uh, uh, I sort of want to bring our attention to leaders as disciples. Um, How does that look like? Uh, There's some verses that uh, I'll refer to from the Gospels, Uh, but sort of want to give you this construct that every Christian ought to follow this example, but Uh, certainly leaders uh, included. Uh, So um, let me give you the first thought (laughs) without rambling anymore. Number one, when leaders function as disciples, they recognize that they are under authority. I want to talk a little bit about this because I think the worldly example of a leader is this guy or this gal who is in charge. I I mean, they're up ahead of the line and they are barking orders and they are in charge. And you can have quiet leaders and you can have loud leaders, but they all have the sense of authority. And uh, while authority is uh, an asset functioning with authority, I I remember, you know, I'm a pediatric ER doctor, and I remember when I first finished my fellowship and started working in the ER, I didn't feel a sense of authority yet. I was timid that first year as a attending uh, when I finished my training and I was in charge. Man, I don't know that I ever inspired authority, but, but day after day and year after year as I grew into my leadership role, Now, it's like I don't even notice it, but there is a sense of authority to the way that I work, the way that I think, the way that I talk, the way that I present things. Uh, So, and it's a good thing. It it instills 
confidence in my patients. I can sense it. I can see it. And especially in the years when I was still in academia and I would see trainees come in and try to do a history and a physical exam and then they'd bring me in. I mean, you could sense the comfort of families when they felt like the doctor myself had authority versus the trainee, the medical student who was sort of walking on eggshells. And so I don't think authority is a bad thing, but I think it is a bad thing when leaders forget, that, that Christian leaders in particular forget that we too are under authority. Um, Jesus was under authority. Um, some verses that I pointed out to here or have that I want to read for you. I have something here in Matthew chapter 21. Well, this one, uh, when he entered the temple, this is a, uh, a situation where Jesus was um, functioning in his authority and his God-given authority. And he was, his authority was challenged. Uh, by the way, early in his ministry, in Matthew 7, 28, 29, uh, that's what people talked about him when he taught. They said he doesn't teach like the scribes. He teaches like someone who has authority. Well, yeah, because it was given to him by the Father. And then in Matthew 21, uh, this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, when they were, they were critiquing him and the opposition to Jesus was growing. It says, when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Uh, and Jesus answers them, I, will, I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what, by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it amongst themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? And if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. And he answered them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Um, the insinuation here is clear. Jesus uh, had an authority given to him by God the Father, just like John the Baptist had an authority given him by, by God the Father, which meant that they lived under authority of the Father. And um, leaders who function as disciples don't forget that we too are under authority. We are under authority of God the Father. Um, our eyes are on someone greater. Um, they are uh, That sort of leader, that leader who functions under authority, it, it sees himself as second, while God is first, Jesus is first, we are second. And, and, and that leader who is under authority is following Jesus. And by the way, a lot of um, worldly uh, strategic leadership books, if you just Google like leaders as, uh, you know, what is the strength of, strength of a leader, you'll find a lot of information that talks about the strength of a leader is that they are a follower first. And, and we get so, you know, we're funny. I mean, I find that for years I would think, of, oh, a, a leader is someone who is strong and up ahead and a follower is someone who is meek and doesn't say much. And that is just stereotype. That's not true. You've got quiet leaders and loud followers. Like you don't have to, you know, there are seasons where you function in a certain role or there's the giftedness that we talked about early in another episode. But whether you are um, a loud leader or a quiet leader, I think, to understand that you are first a disciple, which means a characteristic of that is that you are under authority. Now, how does that trans translate for you? Well, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, whose vision are you following? And you're like, well, I need to have my own vision. Really? But a, a Christian ought to have their vision tapered or directed or led by the vision that God gives upon our lives. And so if we're not like submitting our vision to the vision of God according to his word, uh, again, I'm not talking about general leadership. I'm talking about Christian leadership and biblical leadership and a leadership that honors God. And so uh, are you shaping your vision and your goals and your attitude and your motives and, and your words? We're going to get into more of that down the road. Are you shaping them and basing them on what God has asked you to be? All right. So do you remember, do you see that you are under authority? I have another verse here, John 6, 38. Uh, why did I circle that? Let me see. Uh, Jesus talks about being the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. 
He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. And then he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So here's Jesus, who is the greatest leader of all times. And by the way, I say it because there are more people who have followed Jesus than any other person in the world. Um, and he's saying, man, I'm here because of the will of the Father. And later in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, he says, all authority has been given to me. So we have authority given to us by the Father in our leadership roles, but also as disciples, we are under authority of God the Father. So let that um, guide you. Let's meditate on that today. In what ways are you functioning under authority? Uh, number two, and by the way, the way that plays out is Philippians 2. You say, why did we read about not having selfish ambition or conceit or being humble? Well, because if you're functioning under authority, you're able to live that way. But here, here's a second idea, leaders as disciples. When leaders function as disciples, they are constantly growing. And what I'm focusing on here is this concept of sanctification. Sanctification means growth, growth spiritually, growth in our character. It is the process, sanctification of, or the process of growth is the process that the Spirit of God uses to change us. By the way, do you know how that works? If you've been a Christian for some time, then you probably know it happens through pressure. It happens through pain. It happens through trials. God uses those things that shake us, that, that we don't always love to change us, to make us um, mature. And so uh, if you remember a few weeks ago, I read you some verses in Ephesians about the, the gifts, uh, including the gift of leadership and how they're made for the body to, to edify the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Uh, to, uh, to end of the knowledge of the Son of Man, to mature manhood or womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it goes on to say, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Rather, speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So a leader who is a disciple, that's our theme for this episode. That's what I want to sort of fix our minds on. Leaders as disciples, first, we're under authority. Secondly, we're always willing to change. In fact, we are constantly changing uh, because that is the intent of sanctification. Uh, it demands humility. A leader who is changing, that demands humility to come to your people and admit, man, I need to change in this area. Uh, just today, funny, I have a good illustration of that. I sent my assistant Irina a text and asked her opinion on something, and she gave honest feedback. And honestly, my first thought was, wow, did she have to be this honest? And I don't want to change in the area that she had mentioned. And and uh, and I don't know if I need to change in that area or not, but, but, but it's worth pondering and thinking about and not getting defensive. And that's sanctification. It's God sort of, you know, it's like this friction that happens in your soul of saying, there's some things I could do better here. And, and it takes, again, we started this session with Philippians chapter 2, do nothing from selfish ambition, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And then the example of Jesus who emptied himself, humbled himself, and became in fashion as a man. And so, again, these are, these are difficult things. They're easy to talk about, hard to live, to recognize that you need to change, not in simple things. Oh, I need to change how I, I, I see a lot of leaders talking about uh, day timers and event planners and buying you know books that help you organize your day better. I'm not talking about that kind of change. That's all good change, make it, whatever. I'm talking about soul change, heart change, character change. Uh, sanctification cannot be done without absolute dependence on the spirit of God who is greater than we are and under whom we live under his authority. And so, Again, uh, when leaders function as disciples, they recognize that they are under authority. And when leaders function as disciples, they are constantly growing. So here's a question for you. In what ways are you different today than you were a year ago? Can you, uh, when you end this podcast, push stop, take a piece of paper or maybe your phone on the notes 
and just jot down, not a lot, two or three ways that your character is different today than it was two or three years ago or a year ago or two or three months ago. Are you changing? And if you're like, oh, I don't see anything that has changed, then you got a problem. And ask God to show you what are some ways that he's trying to change you now? Uh, have you been resistant or are you humbling, enough, um, humbling yourself enough to do that change? L lastly, remember we try to think in triads, like the Trinity, um, leaders as disciples. When leaders function as disciples, uh, and by the way, this could be part of change, but it's its own, it deserves its own mention. When leaders function as disciples, they are quick to repent and admit when we're wrong. Quick to repent and admit when we're wrong. Look, we're, there are no perfect leaders. You know that. I mean, the only perfect leader is Jesus. He was a perfect man. But, and he, and by the way, there's no example. I think I've said, by the way, too many times in this session. I apologize ahead of time. But um, Jesus, there's no example of him admitting that he was wrong because he was never wrong. But this principle of repentance and admitting you're wrong is essential to changing. And sometimes that has to be done vertically. God, I confess my sin. I repent. Uh, daily, I do that. Daily. Daily. And I think we ought to be doing that daily to God. And then once in a while, there's a humbling step of going to others and admitting that you're wrong. Uh, please forgive me. I spoke out of line. I was too harsh. Uh, a leader who is a disciple is quick to heed the spirit of God's convicting whisper. You say, how do I heed the spirit? You, you will never heed the spirit if you aren't building in times to listen to the spirit. So if you're the kind of leader who's so busy, you don't have time margin to even speak to your husband or wife. If you are so on that treadmill of accomplishment and production that you can't even tune in in a few minutes a day to the Lord, then you're not going to hear his whispers. You're going to ignore them. And I guarantee you, you're not in a place where you're seeking repentance. Um, we need to build that into our lives as leaders. So that's part of discipleship. It's following the model of Jesus who took time out regularly to talk to the Father. So a leader who is a disciple is quick to heed the Spirit and his convicting whispers. A leader who is a disciple refuses to quench the Spirit of God at work in him. If you're a growing disciple, you're being sanctified, you're under authority, and there's an openness to saying, Spirit of God, speak and I'll surrender. Tell me what it is that I've been wrong in and I want to change. And then God will give you opportunities to change and he'll give you uh, grace. Of course, 1 John 1, 8, that when you confess, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. This is not a Christ following Jesus is not a condemning way. It is a way of grace and of love and of somebody who's walked ahead of you, who's paid the price for our sins. There's so much freedom and joy there. And a leader whose disciple is, is a humble enough to approach others and ask for forgiveness. So been some challenging things here. I asked you um, in what ways you're walking under authority. Are you following Jesus and listening to what he's saying? We talked about how are you changing in this podcast and think to two or three ways that you've changed in the last year or two. And then what about this? Take some time and ask God, God, who do I need to ask forgiveness of today? Have I sinned anybody? Have I wronged anybody? So much in scripture is on this topic of seeking repentance. And uh, may we, uh, as disciples and as leaders, uh, pursue peace with all men. Uh, may our reputations be unsullied uh, by our character that sometimes doesn't, um, doesn't grow in the way that God is, is working on us to grow. So it, it, all, all I'm saying here, I mean, to summarize, is a soft-hearted leader here. Leaders as disciples are soft-hearted. Uh, we don't get defensive, and if we do, we're quick to stop. Our, you know, I can't say, okay, I, I still get defensive. I got defensive when my assistant told me what she thought, uh, but I quickly, because I was, uh, God has me in a good season where I'm obedient and listening and leading in, I quickly stopped and said, you know, Lord, I'm getting defensive here. Please forgive me. And then I texted her and asked her a question. We had some conversation about it, and I said to her, 
you know what? I asked you a question out of my insecurity. All I really was looking for was affirmation. I, I'm sorry I put you in that spot. And, and then I was able to even hear what she was saying. And I thought, maybe she's right. Maybe I, need, I do need to consider changing in those areas. So anyway, uh, I'm just using my personal life as an example because I think it's easy. It's, it's obvious for me. And I think that it helps to know that we're all the same. We're all people uh, that God is trying to grow into his likeness. So um, if you're a leader, do it. Be the kind of disciple that God uh, has for you to be and uh, and keep in touch. We're going to end this, uh, this session, uh, this episode, this podcast, and let me, uh, let me fill you with hope. Uh, not my hope, but hope that you are forgiven, that you've been given, granted mercy and grace, that in Christ, no matter how you've done up until now, this very second is a, the beginning of the rest of your life. All is grace. Uh, God is grace. And he loves you. He's for you. If you are currently not in leadership because you've screwed up and you've fallen out of your place of leadership, take heart. Uh, God is still for you and he still has a plan for your life. It's not over yet. So I'd love to hear from you. If you need prayer, if you have questions, if you have ideas for the podcast, Lena, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. Or remember to check out all of our resources at livingwithpower.org. Download our app, the Living With Power app. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with others. Please do it. We're trying to um, impact people. And so if you can think of people who need the Lord or who just need fellowship with other Christians and a community of uh, followers of Jesus, maybe this would be a venue for them to do that. Uh, Love you guys. We'll catch each other again soon. Have a great day.